Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their 3- to 10-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And don't miss our one-minute Exit Coach Tip of the Day on ExitCoachRadio.com. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. Thanks for joining us. Great to have you with us. It's always fun to have guests come back on and share more information. And I've been really looking forward to this next interview uh, again with uh, Jerry Jerry Kornfeld, uh, MD. Uh, He's with Ask Dr. Jerry out of Northridge, California. He uh, is a phenomenal speaker and does a great job at explaining um, how he touches the lives of his audiences with the latest and most objective scientific information. It's startling. You're going to want to grab a notepad and a pencil, and let's uh, let's ask Dr. Jerry. Uh, Dr. Jerry, welcome back to the show. How are you today? Hey, Bill. Thanks for having me back. I'm great. Hope you're well, too. I'm very well. I don't know if I've got a 100-year heart, but I'm shooting for a, a good 99 years. We talked about that last time, about the concept of the... The 100-Year Heart, fascinating stuff. Tell us a little bit about what uh, Ask Dr. Jerry is all about and uh, and how our listeners can take advantage of that. Well, Ask Dr. Jerry really was started based upon what's going on in medicine right now. As you probably know, most people are aware of the fact. We are going through a major medical crisis in that the way that we practice medicine uh, over the past number of centuries in the process of being changed uh, I do a series of talks called Dr. Smartphone Will See You Now, and I think we may have talked about this. But mm-hmm. the whole concept of doctor-patient relationships is being replaced by technology. And there are obviously advantages to the technology, uh, but it certainly takes away uh, from some of the good points that you had going to see a doctor, sitting in front of a doctor, talking to the doctor, having the doctor look at you, examine you, touch you. Uh, that relationship was an integral part of healthcare. We always felt that people who liked their doctor did better. What's going on right now, though, unfortunately, with technology economically driven, is changing that. So there's a need for someone to be out there. You go see a doctor in today's world. You're lucky if you get 10 minutes Usually a doctor uh, sitting in front of a computer putting information in there, and you really don't get all your questions answered. You come home, you speak to your, uh, your wife, your, your husband, etc. what the doctors say, you really don't have answers. And so I get tons of questions from people coming home from the doctor. I don't diagnose or treat, but I certainly answer questions. And just a great, great need for somebody out there with my background to be able to assist people uh, because of what's going on in medicine. That's what it's all about. It's fantastic. It's a great resource for people. And, you know, you're right. It's It just seems like doctors are under so much pressure. I feel bad for them. I have some good friends that are doctors, as a matter of fact. And they it, it, they're, they're so, they seem so preoccupied because they have so, met, so much pressure on them to see more patients and get to that next room. They are preoccupied. You know, they're, they're probably thinking, this is not what I signed up for, right? Is it just no, changed it's, it's, that much? It is, it is just changing the whole concept 
of sitting and talking to a patient, of laying on of hands, of taking a good history, all the things that we were trained to do uh, are being replaced. And there's, a, there's an economic uh, driving force also. Uh, the computer is becoming the major source of medical information. Uh, paper-free offices are now being stimulated by economic returns from Medicare. You submit your information on a computer, you get rewarded for it. Uh, so every, everything is changing away from what we traditionally thought were doctor-patient relationships. You're right. Doctors are going through a very, very drastic change today. Yeah, and what's interesting is that probably 10 or 15 years ago when, when HMOs you know, were starting to come onto the horizon, everybody was going, well, I don't want to be part of that. Uh, and now everything seems to have turned into the, that's, that is what everything is these days almost. Yeah, it is. It is all bad. And, and people... I um, just you're not gonna you know, you go to see doctors. You're gonna be on the phone on your uh, smartphone. You're gonna be talking to the computer. The computer is gonna diagnosing diagnose you based upon your history. Uh, lab tests are gonna be ordered. It's it's just a drastic change in what's going on. So again, ask Dr. Jerry. I think is a very very vital need in today's world. There's even these new telemedicine companies out there that are that are trying to get involved. In. So I, I do it. I do it for all my audiences. I do it all for my patients. And that's what I'm that's what I'm about. Well, we're happy you're there for us, Dr. Jerry. And uh, so tell us about uh, debunking the myth, myths of ages. Let's talk about that real quick. What, what's, yeah, well, what are the myths? That is really the fascinating. The major myth, and I, and I hear this all the time, and, and people are telling me this all the time. Uh, kids frequently, but other people say, hey, you know, at your age, you really shouldn't be doing that. And that just drives me crazy when I see what's really going on in the world. I say, what in heaven's name do the two numbers after your name, your age, have to do with your destiny or your activities? That's controlled by your physical and mental condition, not the numbers. But people, unfortunately, based upon our culture, have fallen into the trap. Oh, I got to that old, that age, I'm just too old to do that. Well, you know, at that age, this has started to hurt, or that started to happen. Those numbers are irrelevant. Your physical condition controls your destiny and i just see too many people sitting in a chair rocking uh, watching their body age and not getting out there in the world and doing the things that they want to do so uh the debunking the myths is number one do not let the culture and the numbers control your destiny you control it with your attitude your physical condition so what you're saying is thinking you're old is old thinking well, you got it. You got it. You just you just have to realize. You, you look back. What happens is we look back at our culture. We think about our grandparents. When they were 50, they were old. I think of my grandmother, 50 years old, uh, the way she dressed and acted. They were old. But today, the majority of people who are 80 are equivalent to the 60 of the last generation. Yeah. We're living yeah. longer. We're healthier. We all know people who are in their 80s who are active. Uh, during my talks, I show, I show videos of people in the 80s, 90s, even the 100s, winning marathons, winning bike races, winning international uh, weightlifting tournaments, not stopping. I have a lady who's 86 who's a gymnast who does fantastic things on parallel bars. They don't stop because they don't get brainwashed to thinking, well, I'm old, i got to stop. I try to get people to debunk that myth. Debunk that myth. I like that a lot. I and mean, you're so right. Uh, people can uh, can choose their own destiny if they wish, and especially a lot of our business owners who are selling off their businesses and thinking, I guess I'm just going to retire. Where the heck did – I mean, that that thinking, uh, the, thinking the notion of retirement, uh, we call it rewire, Dr. Jerry. Re, don't retire, rewire. 
Well, I absolutely agree with you. What I say is if you want to stop the path you're on, fine. Find another path. Just don't stop. But we have been, again, the word brainwashing comes into hand. That number 65, uh, controlled by what happened in Germany uh, many, many years ago when they decided to give people something to make them feel better. Well, I gave them this retirement at age 65. Well, in those days, you didn't live past 60. So that they were saving money, but that number is just still in our culture today. It's 2015, and we're still thinking like we did 100 years ago. Uh, and that's got to change. You're talking about Otto von Bismarck, who who said age 65, age 65 is when your lifetime pension begins, and the the life expectancy was like 48. <laughs> you got it exactly, and that's still and has not changed. And and I don't know why our government is waiting, well, living longer, but people still think, and I hear it all the time. Well, I think I'm just too old to do that. I hate to hear that. I try, that's that's what I talk about the debunking the myth. That's great. That's that's fantastic. I love that. Um, now let's talk about spirituality and wellness. Now, a lot of people say, you know, uh, uh, wellness is all about Western medicine and going and getting, you know, if you're sick, go get diagnosed and get treated and, and move on with your life and get back with it. But a lot of others are saying you have to slow down. You have to become spiritual. Get in touch. Feel you're, you're more than, uh, you know, just a treatable body here. Uh, what do you say? It is absolutely imperative. You know, in the past uh, several years, there have been more articles written by major centers, and Duke University is one of the major centers, discussing the whole concept of the relationship of spirituality to your health. But So when I give the talk, I, I define spirituality. It certainly can be a religious experience, but it also can be an experience that calms you. Looking at a beautiful landscape, listening to beautiful music, sharing emotional moments with people, having moments that you just cannot forget because they're so strong. That's all spirituality. And all those things, including the religious aspect, have in common the calming aspect. And calm and health go hand in hand. We know that the calming hormone, oxytocin, which has just recently been really rediscovered again, is the antidote to the stress hormone of cortisol. So every time you get into a situation where you are stressed, and by the way, I don't think stress is the enemy. I think it's how you cope with stress that's the enemy. I think stress is something that we need to survive. If we weren't stressed, we'd sit in a room like a blob. But how you cope with the stress is the problem. And this whole concept of being able to deal with stressors and coping with them, and spirituality plays a role. I, I love to give the example of my medical students. Uh, for many years, I taught a class, UCLA Medical School, called Doctoring, where we taught the medical students how to communicate with their patients. They were obligated to spend one week with the hospital chaplain at the Ronald Reagan Hospital, UCLA. They didn't want to do that because they're medical students. They want to be cutting up bodies and stuff. But they came back from that week, and they always were just absolutely blown away because what they saw were the patients who met with the chaplains did better, healed faster, required less pain medication, and went home sooner. And Duke University now has published several papers in which they document this identical process that spirituality, calmness, and wellness are really something that go hand in hand. So let's call that one, don't just do something, sit there. What do you think? 
Don't yeah. just do something. <laughs> Sit there, enjoy it, experience the moment, relax, take it easy, take a deep breath. It's okay. Uh, I'm, I'm looking from my office. I'm on the 20th floor, looking out over the freeway. Just, you know, it, it, it's just we, we've become such a, a fast-paced, gotta move uh, type of a uh, existence, haven't we? Just crazy. Well, Bill, it really, it really, you know, when I really started looking into this, just outside of just accepting the words, I started to say, well, why, why do we do this? Why do we react? Why is the key word that I use? I have patients come in my office, same age, same diagnosis, treated with the same medication. One gets well a week or two later, the other one is still sick. And I thought to myself, why? I saw patients who were diagnosed with a terminal illness, given maybe six months to live. Five years later, they're still alive. Again, I would say why. I kept on looking at why. How we react to illness plays a major role in how we survive. Our immune system is absolutely sensitive to our positive thoughts. Negative thoughts are very, very harmful, and there's been considerable research to document how negative thoughts can stimulate disease by having its impact on the immune system. That's why lifestyle is so important right now. So absolutely, if we sit around and say, woe is me, what I can do as well, I love it. When I get some corporate executive, and I do a lot of talks to CEOs, uh, come in to see me and say, Dr. Jerry, I don't have time for this nonsense. Get me better. I've got to go back to work. That's what I want to hear, as opposed to, well, it's me. I had a guy come to my office once <laughs> on a Monday, and uh, he was giving me his history. I said, well, how long have you been sick? Listen to his answer. He said, well, that was on a Monday. He said, this Friday will be two weeks. I said, do you know what you just said? You just told me you're planning on being sick on Friday, <laughs> five days from now. I said, that's the attitude I don't want to hear. <laughs> that's funny. That's really, that's a good, that's a good one. So let, let's talk about heart disease because this is a big problem. You know, a lot of things that we're working on, I was just talking to my son last night and I was saying, did you know, you know, I'm, I'm going to be talking to somebody who says your heart can last a hundred years. Insurance companies are saying you can last over a hundred years. They're, they're writing policies that last 125. They can replace knee joints. They can replace elbow joints, uh, but they can't fix heart disease. You have to do it yourself. So let's talk about it. Is it preventable and reversible? There is absolutely. That was, I wrote this book called Your 100-Year Heart. We talked about it last time. The whole reason for me doing it, my motivation was I was just so frustrated and so unhappy with seeing my younger male patients in their 50s having cardiac arrest, having dying of heart attacks. That's what motivated me to write the book. And there's just, when we get through it right now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you some clues, but there's just no question. You are in control. Heart disease, in the majority of cases, is a preventable disease. It's almost like this, this is our number one killer and it's almost like we're suicidal we can change that statistic by changing our lifestyle and new things are happening almost on a daily basis i i i do research every day because i do a lot of talks to corporate executives uh, i do this talk called surviving the corporate world the physician's game plan for health and i update that talk every time something new comes out i add it uh, to the talk. So I, my CEOs who, uh, who hear me talk are getting the latest, latest information. And so I've got three things for you today, uh, which are really very, very exciting as far as heart disease is concerned. 
The number one thing, which is the FDA just has approved, is a new injectable drug for controlling the uh, so-called bad cholesterol. We have good cholesterol, the high-density lipoprotein. We have the bad cholesterol, the low-density lipoprotein. The reason that the cholesterol, the good cholesterol is good is because it really um, elevates your HDL, and that is a very protective and prevents something called plaque from depositing in the walls of the artery, and plaque is, the, is very, very important. The LDL is a bad guy because that aids in the deposition of the plaque. So you want your LDLs to be as low as possible, your HDLs to be as high. Well, one of the problems we've had, we have these great, great drugs called statin drugs. A lot of people know about them and take them, but a lot of them have not been able to get that LDL down. Well, the FDA just approved this drug. It is an injectable, a monthly injectable, that is significantly lowering the LDLs. And they're anticipating that with this drug, they should be able to decrease what they've already decreased heart disease by an additional 60% because of this new drug. Uh, and that is really very, very exciting. So uh, people who are listening to this, you have a problem with your LDL, talk to your doctor because we've got something new that's going to deal with it. That's great. The second thing, yeah, the second thing that I'm really excited about is we've really – so it's a significant amount. We've replaced open-heart surgery with something called stents. It used to be if you had a lot of blockage in the arteries, coronary artery disease, we would go in and do a bypass graft. And you may have had friends who've had it done. Very, very common procedure, opening up the chest and doing that. Well, a lot of that now is being replaced with something called stents. A stent is nothing more than a tube uh, that is a, um, in a balloon that is threaded up through the uh, artery in the, in the thigh up into the heart on direct visualization. The balloon pushes the plaque back against the wall to open the artery up, and then the stent with this metal mesh piece is inserted, and that keeps the artery open so the blood can go through, and that sort of takes care of heart disease. Well, the problem we've had with these stents is that they, they become stenosis. They, they get clots in them, and they close off. So they've developed a medicated uh, stent. And that stent was still having some problem with about 15% of re-stenosis. Well, they've just come out now with a brand-new uh, medicated stent that is taking down the stenosis to almost zero. So wow. the razor side effect of stents was this clotting is totally being eliminated. That's number two. And number three is really, these are also exciting. Valve disease in the heart. A lot of people have a coronary artery disease, but you also have some four valves in the heart, and they can close off. Well, in the past, if you had valve disease, you had to open up the chest, take the valve out, and replace the valve. Now they've got this whole new procedure, which was being reserved for people who were very sick and couldn't get their chest open. It's now being started to use on everybody. Where they're literally taking, listen to this, Bill, they're taking a valve putting it on a catheter, inserting it through that same artery in the leg, up into the heart, into the valve that's not working, taking out the catheter, and they put in place a brand-new valve. Wow. And you go home. And you go home. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I'm telling you the stuff. I, 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 I read this stuff on a daily basis, I said. And I just, it's the research. We're going to see in the next five, five years, I really feel we're going to see heart disease statistics drop significantly. And the most important thing, which I talked about last time, I haven't even mentioned, and that's you and your control with your lifestyle. 
So there it is. There's the picture. You heard your heart. No question in my mind. Kids born today, uh, their hearts could have lived into 100 years with no problem. That's a huge, that's huge technology, huge breakthroughs, and it, it is fascinating stuff. And that's why we love to have you on, Dr. Jerry. Uh, how do our listeners um, get in touch with you for, for your, your services, for, well, for asking your questions? Most important, the Ask Dr. Jerry is available online. My, uh, my uh, site is Ask, excuse me, it's KJB, as in boy, corn, K O R N, KJB corn at AOL.com. I'm available to ask the questions, answer the questions. I'm available to come speak to your group. Uh, and ask, ask, answer the questions also. Um, also, if you want to see me work, you go on YouTube, uh, Dr. Jerry Kornfeld, uh, or ask Dr. D-O-C-T-O, Dr. Jerry. Uh, you can see me. I, I do local television uh, on a station here in Los Angeles, and you can see me working on KTLA. You're, you're fantastic. I, I love to have you on the show. I'd love to have you back anytime. You're always welcome. And, uh, you know, you're, you're, you remind me of what I thought a doctor always should be, someone who would take care to explain things to you, take time. Uh, you're, so you're really doing a great service, and our listeners uh, couldn't, be, uh, couldn't be happier that you uh, talked to us again today, Dr. Jerry. So thank you so much. Thank you, Bill. My pleasure. I look forward to doing it again.